Well, listen, it is so good to have all of you with us this morning and all of you participating, watching online as well. Welcome to New Life Church this morning. We are in our second week of our Christmas Advent series as we are uh, practicing what that teaches us, and that is to be in a place of expectation and longing, like several of the songs we sang this morning uh, admonish us in to have a longing in our heart, a waiting in our spirit for the coming of Christ. And as he has come once, we know in the, in the word of God, he will come again, his second advent, his second coming. And we are in this second phase of waiting. And last week we, we started off this series with, with how Jesus is our hope and Jesus brings us hope. Today we're going to look at peace and how Jesus is our peace and how in Christ we can have eternal peace. And so if you are able, turn with me in your Bibles or click on your phones to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2 this morning as we continue our series, The Sound of Christmas. And we're going to intentionally take the time to read this story in Luke chapter 2, The Birth of Christ, the way he writes it. And um, I really like how uh, uh, we intentionally took time this morning to kind of slow it down a little bit. Uh, anybody been busy in the last, I don't know, 200, 200 days or so? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it is good to be around people. It is good to be around life. It is good to be around the body of Christ. And this morning, we intentionally paused to, and, and, and slowed it down a little bit to make ourselves think a little bit. Uh, I mean, if you don't stop long enough to think about some of the songs we're singing, the words just kind of come out of our mouth and pass through our ears, and we don't really hear what we're saying. And uh, it's good to take that deep breath and pause. Listen, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read this story, the birth of Jesus according to Luke. Verse 1 says, At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. The birth of Jesus, according to Luke. You know, the song we sang, one of them, Silent Night. It's been now a little over 200 years since that song was first heard. It was first heard amongst some Austrian villagers as they were attending Christmas Eve Mass at St. Nicholas Church. It was written in 1816 by a young priest in Austria named Joseph Moore. It was written not long after the Napoleonic Wars had taken their toll upon people. The backstory is that this young priest went out for a walk before he wrote this song. He looked out over this quiet and winter-laden town, and he was inspired because the town was finally at peace. An organ builder and a repairman who was working in the church at the time took a copy of, at that time, a six-verse song and took it back to his home village, and from there... It was picked up and spread by two families of traveling folklore singers. And the composition evolved and eventually was translated into 300 or over 300 languages. It was sung by, in churches. It was sung in town squares. And there's a story that said it was even sung on the battlefield during World War I. And it was during a temporary truce on Christmas Eve that... Opposing soldiers paused and they began to sing familiar Christmas carols from their hometown. Silent Night was one of those songs. You see, because by 1914, Silent Night was known all over the world. And at that moment in time, on the battlefield, it was sung simultaneously in French and German and in English. Silent And it was on this silent night that these shepherds were out, as Megan said, doing their thing, living their life. They were guarding their sheep. They were protecting their livelihood. They had been fighting their own battles in their field of life. And then the angel appears in the radiance of God's glory, God's light shining and bringing life once again to a dark, cold world. And it was to these shepherds that the angel first appeared and announcing peace on earth. Peace is present. Peace has come. 
what you have been looking for, what you had been waiting for, the angel told the shepherds, is here. It's here. Peace. You see, one of the sounds of Christmas sounds like peace, a stillness, a quietness, a gentleness, a kindness, a calmness. Not in the absence of troubles and battles, but in the midst of the battlefields of life. Peace. You know, what, what kind of field do you find yourself in today? What kind of field is your family in? Maybe a friend. What kind of field is a loved one in? What kind of field is one of your coworkers in? What kind of field is life in for you today? What kind of battles exist in your field of life right now? What, what's, what's going on around you? What's going on in you? You know, the question is what can we hold on to in this war-torn field of life? Peace. And what can hold on to us in this time of life? Peace. Well, what is peace? What does peace feel like? What does peace look like? What does peace sound like? Well, this story, I think, answers that, those questions and then some providing us with a couple of answers. One, peace is a person. Follow with me here. Look at verse 11 as the angel declared good news that would bring great joy. I love this to all people. He said the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. The description he gives, he doesn't just say this ch a child has been born. He doesn't say a person has come into this world. But he says the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. The Savior, meaning the deliverer and the rescuer from circumstances. What kind of circumstances? The dangerous circumstances of sin and death and hell. This Savior has been born, also given the name Jesus. He said the Messiah, yes, the Messiah, the one for ages people have been waiting for to come on the scene, hoping, will this be my generation that receives the Messiah. And generation after generation after generation. In fact, Matthew lays it out in the genealogy of Jesus, the breakdown of the 14 generations three times from the beginning until the time of the Messiah. And each generation wondering and waiting, will the Messiah come in my lifetime? Will he come and save us? Will he come and rescue us? Will he come and deliver us? The Messiah, also given the description, the anointed one, the anointed one who has all the authority to be God's king to rule in righteousness, given the proper name Christ. And so this angel was saying today, the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ has been born. Jesus the Christ has been born today to deliver to rescue, to pardon, to rule, and to reign in righteousness over your life in this 
blood-stained battlefield called life. With the troubles that, that ache, with the troubles that are real, with the issues that have arisen, with what you deal with, with what you go through, with the surprises and the pitfalls of life, the Savior, Jesus the Christ has been born today to bring forgiveness, to bring deliverance, to to be a rescuer in your dark life. He has come to rule and to reign in you and over your life, not with an ironclad fist, but in righteousness, with whatever it is you deal with. In fact, because peace is a person, The prophet Isaiah prophesied this 700 years before the birth of Christ. Look at this with me in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 says, Isaiah prophesied this 700 years prior. A child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called him wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. 700 years prior to his birth, Isaiah said, the prince of peace will come. And then on the day of his birth, the angel declared in verse 14, glory to God in the highest Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. And then at the, near the end of his life in John 14, look at this with me in John 14, verse 27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or don't be afraid. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you as a gift. What a gift to receive. We all like gifts. We like opening gifts. We like giving gifts. All of the above. But man, to have and to receive the gift of peace. Peace being the person of Jesus Christ. He says that the peace I give you is not the kind of peace the world likes and tries to give because peace, as the world thinks, is not the absence of battles and troubles. It's not a trouble-free life because the world tries to create all these scenarios to make everything trouble-free, right? I mean, I'm not one who likes trouble. I don't look up saying, give me trouble today. Let me step off into some trouble with a capital T. Let me, let me have trouble in my life today. No, but troubles happen. We don't live in a trouble-free world or a trouble-free life. We live in the battlefields of life. There are moments of quietness and reality around us, but they, all, they don't always last. There will always happen to be some issue, some problem, some trial, some trouble in our world. And so peace is not the absence of trouble, but peace is the presence of the person of Jesus on the inside of our life. And so Jesus declares in, his, in some of his final words, hey, Peace I leave with you, peace, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So you don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. 
You don't have to live in fear. As the song we were singing, His name silences all fear. His, his name makes the darkness tremble. The name of Jesus. As I was preparing this message this week, it's been on my mind for a, a while, knowing I, this was a message I was going to be preaching today, and I'm being preparing for it, and had the most peaceful day of preparing for it, and then had the most troubling week after preparing for it. I'm like, what you talking about, God? I'm like, well, if you're going to preach it, you got to live it. I'm like, what? I can't be one of them preachers who just preaches it and expects everybody else to live it. I got to live it too? Yeah, I think so. And it's amazing because how you can have such a moment in a, in a segment of time of peace, and which is awesome, and then this or that or whatever it is seems to happen, seems to pop up and seems to come your way, and, it, and, the, and, that, and the troubles happening around try to become troubles within. And that's why peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of the person of Jesus inside. And I love how Megan exhorted us in that final part of our worship to, hey, to listen, we have to be quiet. We have to still ourselves in order to hear. And that's not always easy. Not always easy. Peace is not found in anything in the world, anything in the material realm. Oh, it can bring little moments of pleasure, moments of happiness, moments of of those types of feelings. But real peace is the presence of Christ Jesus inside because you can be in the midst of a battle, but the battle not be in the midst of you. Peace, the prince of peace, reigning, ruling inside. You see, that's something that we have as Christians, as believers, that we are called to share with the world. Because people all around us are looking for peace. And that brings us to this next answer. Peace is personal. Peace is personal. Look with me in verse 12. The angels told the shepherds, says, you, you, say you, say you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. I mean, who puts their child in the manger? It's one thing to have a child wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, but you will find him also in a manger. Look at verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. In verse 16, they hurried to the village And they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Peace is personal. The angel said to them, you will recognize, you will 
find and the shepherds saying one to each other, hey, we got to go. Let's go check this out. Let's go see it. Let's go and find what this angel has told us, that this peace on earth is present. And so then it says they hurried to the village. You know, many a people are in a hurry to find peace. But you know, not everybody finds peace. Because I think maybe perhaps people are in a hurry to get peace from the wrong places. Looking for peace in whatever we can find, in, a, in, in other people, in other places, in other things. You name it, you can fill in the blank how we think Pete, we can find and obtain peace by accomplishing, by having titles, by having um, a certain economic status. We can try to find peace by in what we do with our life. We find Pete, try to find peace in how we how uh, what we feed ourselves, what we what we give to ourselves, what we buy ourselves, what we do with ourselves, whatever it might be, involve ourselves in certain contexts, certain situations, whatever it is, and and all and what we always discover and find is, man, that peace never lasts. That peace does not truly surpass all understanding, as Philippians four six and seven tells us. And when so we constantly those. People in life, in general, all of people, we try to find peace. We're looking for peace. We're in a hurry to find peace. We think if I can get here and have this and make this happen and this come together and that come together, then whew, I can just have peace. And what we discover is, man, we're looking for peace in all the wrong places. People are in a hurry. Yeah, we're in a hurry, but we're trying to be in a hurry to find peace because we don't like to be unsettled. But in the, in, the, in, in the hurry to find peace, we discover, are we looking for peace in the right places? And that's what the story of these shepherds teach us today is that our hearts and our souls are in a hurry to find peace, but we must look in the right place. You see, they, had, they were in a hurry to get to the village because it was in the village. It was in the right place. They knew if they got to the right place, they would find this peace. And so they get there, and they find Mary and Joseph, and they find, they recognize this child wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, this person of peace, lying there in a manger, and they find peace. They found this Christ child. You know, maybe sometimes we don't find peace because we tend to overlook it, thinking that it's wrapped in something other than what we thought it should be. We think peace was supposed to be wrapped in um, something that brings us pleasure. We think peace is wrapped in a certain relationship. We think peace is wrapped in getting our way. Oftentimes I've found getting my way does not, all, does not always bring me peace. It ends up on the, on the backside of 2020 vision showing me, well, that was not very, that was selfish. Got my way, got my thing, got what I wanted. And I thought, man, if that will happen, then that will give me some peace inside. But really, it just brought me more turmoil because I did it my way and not God's way. 
And we often overlook peace because it's not wrapped in what we think. You see, the world thinks peace is wrapped in a trouble-free life. And friends, if we try to live a trouble-free life and create a trouble-free life, we'll end up creating and making a life of misery because we'll end up finding ourselves alone, isolated. Oh, we don't have any real troubles because nobody can get near me. Nobody can come to me. Nobody can invade my space. If I just keep certain people at a distance, if I keep certain ones at arm's length, you know, then I can't be harmed. I can't be injured. I can't be hurt. Words can't get to me. And the world thinks, man, if we just create a trouble-free life, we will have peace. But there is, that is nowhere in this book. God's word does not promise a trouble-free life. In fact, Jesus, in some of his final words, said, in this world you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world, which is why he can tell us, I leave you my peace, not as the world gives, not as a trouble-free life, but my peace in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your storms, in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your misery, in the midst of, in, of, of conflict of relationships, in the midst of misunderstandings, in the midst of you expecting an apology but none are coming to you, in the midst of whatever expectation you have in life of it not happening, of it not working out, of it not panning out, of it not coming together in whatever capacity, in whatever way, whatever framework, whatever narrative we want to give it, peace is not found in any of that. Peace is only found wrapped in the snugly strips of cloth lying in a manger and his name is Jesus. Does anybody like to have um, a gift wrapped with your name on it that you find under the tree? Even if you can say all deep down, I don't really expect anything. There's something nice about somebody remembering your name and giving you a gift. With your name on it. Jesus was personally wrapped. And on him is your name. In him is your name. He was wrapped personally for each and every person in this world. Peace is personally wrapped for each one of us to accept. That's why peace is a person and peace is personal because until you personally accept the person of peace, you will never know true inner and eternal peace. You see, it was said of Jesus from Isaiah that of his peace, there will be no end. Now that is something that is comforting. Even though Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble, but of his peace, that will never. And that tells us, that tells you, that tells me that in the midst of a troubled life, in the midst of the battlefields of life, there's something that's always going to be there. And that is peace. The Prince of Peace. The Savior. Jesus. The Messiah. And that's, the amazing story of this birth, the birth of this Christ child who, was, who has come to be the 
deliverer, to be the rescuer, to be the one who pardons us, to be the one who in righteousness reigns over my life and rules over my life. And, and, and again, the picture of him doing so is with his, his gentleness, his, his calmness and his stillness, his quietness. You know, he has this quiet streak. Yeah, he, could, he got righteously indignant in flipping the tables over in the temple. Absolutely. But man, in this Jesus, there is quiet streaks. He doesn't have to say something in order to be strong. But what do we do? We got to say something. We got to have the last word. Right? We got to have that. We got to have that jab. We got to have that interjection. We got to be able to. Man, and that doesn't ever bring any peace. That brings constant turmoil and conflict, not only with others, but within ourselves. Jesus is peace and is personal. Let me close out with this verse here Ephesians 1, verse 3. Look with me at this. It says, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our heavenly Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus. All because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. Wrapped into Christ. Question, what are you wrapped up in these days? Are you wrapped up in someone else's gossip story? Are you wrapped up in someone else's drama? Are you wrapped up in your own world of just looking out for you? Are you wrapped up in just your own pain? Are you wrapped up in just getting your way? Are you wrapped up into thinking, man, nobody else knows what I am going through? What are you wrapped up in this season? Are you wrapped up in trying to make everybody else happy? Trying to please everyone around you? What are you wrapped up in this season? This verse is a prayer that Paul was expressing. And he said, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has been lavished upon us if we are wrapped into Christ. That means peace, real peace. Peace within, peace with God, peace with mankind, even if we know somebody has a problem with us. You can still have peace. You can still have peace. Wrapped into Christ, though, is the key. Wrapped into Christ is the only way peace is transferred. Peace is made a reality within 
You see, because no matter the condition of the field, peace is present. Peace is alive. And peace can wrap you up and carry you through life. Even in the midst of a war-torn battlefield called life. And man, if we all had a moment to share a little bit of a story about the wars and the battles we have been as individuals and households have gone through, we would be like looking at one another like, wow, and you're still here. You're still serving Jesus. You still are carrying on. You're still moving and shaking. You're still happening. I mean, come on, if, if we, we all have, could play the, the card of, man, this has happened to me, so... But Jesus calls us so much to, to so much more that as we allow ourselves to be wrapped into Christ, peace can carry us. Peace can hold us. We're able to let go of conflict. We're able to just let go of whatever it is that is really and truly troubling us when we let ourselves become wrapped in peace. So do you know peace? Do you have peace this year, this day? If not, peace is promised and peace is freely given to those who will look to him. Can I pray with you today? If you're able to stand, let's stand. I want to pray. Silent night. Song over 200 years old in over 300 languages. It's amazing how it can be sang simultaneously in different languages and yet understood. Peace, the person, Jesus, has a way of melting hearts, softening souls, of mending hurts. This season, as we approach Christmas to celebrate the birth of Christ, we have this great privilege of being able to look back and glean understanding that on that dark night in that field of those shepherds, their life forever changed because they found peace in the midst of their Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. There's so much we don't understand. There's so much, God, that troubles us. And there's so many things that we have going on around us and in us. Yeah, we, we get in a hurry and trying to knock this 
task off our list, trying to cross this one out, trying to do this, trying to buy that, trying to be here, trying to go there, trying to do this, trying to be this, whatever. And it's not that any one of those things are bad. But today I ask that you would truly, that we would be open. You would fill our life with peace. Not in what we think it should be, but in who it should be. Jesus. Today, I just ask you to join me in this moment to yourself to ask God who draws near, who sent Jesus to become God with us, God in us. Take a moment and let's just ad-lib our own prayer to the Lord. You can just kind of quietly to yourself. I'll pray, but take that moment. Lord, we bow before you. Humble ourselves to get calm, to get still, to get quiet, and to tell you, Lord, we we have been busy on the outside, but we've been busy inside. Our minds sometimes don't stop. And it becomes anxiety, it becomes stress, it becomes fear, it becomes worry, it becomes doubt. It makes us feel indifferent about each other in different ways. And it makes us question things. It makes us become cynical and judgmental. So Lord, right now we ask you to come. First, wash us. Wash us clean. Forgive us. Wash the weight of the world off. Wash the weight of our sin off. Give us a clean heart. Make things bright inside of us today. Where there is some heaviness, Lord, come and make some things lighter. Forgive us, O oh God, where we have tried to wear the yokes of certain things other than yours. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light. We often put unjust pressure on ourselves, but you don't. So right now, I ask that you would relieve, relieve the pressure off of our, off of our souls, off of our necks, off of our shoulders. And it's upon your shoulders that the government sits, that the righteousness reigns, that peace is offered. So today, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, come. Be the ruler in our hearts. Be the ruler in our minds. Be the ruler in our thoughts. Be the ruler in our lives. And reign with the sound that silences the loudness of the world and allows us to hear the still small voice of the Savior who has been born, who is alive, who is risen, who is exalted. 
be on the throne of our hearts as Prince of Peace, I pray in Jesus' name.